All right, Gamble Nation, this is The Gamble Show, and I'm your host, Leader of Peace, a.k.a. Fred Gamble. Now, today's show, you know, after the 411, I'm pretty sure y'all liked that one. I ran across this while I was doing that, so I really wanted to get into this one, because this one, I... Like I said, it's a panther with a monkey face. It's a lot of things going on in this little square town. Um, this is in Washington, up there by Portland, you know, the state of Washington, not our, not the capital or whatever. But let's get into this one. This one is going to be a doozy. All right, let's go. And I run an outdoor store in the Columbia River Gorge. Uh, it's uh, Margie's Outdoor Store. Um, and my wife and I took it over uh, probably two and a half years ago when my mother-in-law passed away. So we inherited these businesses. And um, so I have been a longtime adventurer. And uh, I was a yeah, U.S. Army infantry soldier, wildland forest firefighter, mountain guide, search and rescue EMT. And to come to the Columbia River Gorge uh, was sort of like winning the lottery. And because um, uh, for your Listeners who may not know, the gorge, uh, the Columbia River forms a border between Washington State and Oregon State, and it runs right through the middle of the Cascade Mountains. And back in the 80s, um, this place is so jaw-droppingly beautiful that the U.S. Congress created a new bipartisan law to protect it in a special way, and it became the nation's first national scenic area. And to give you just a little bit of a description, so the gorge is about 80 miles long, and it is the only sea level passage through uh, the Cascade Mountains. So we can go from sea level to 3,000 feet and a half a mile. We're surrounded by stratovolcanoes, so 50 miles from our store. We've got three stratovolcanoes, uh, Mount St. Helens, which erupted in the 80s, Mount Adams, which is a huge UFO hotspot, and Mount Hood, which is famous for Bigfoot sightings. So, um, and then the gorge is just beautiful. There are 80 waterfalls, named waterfalls on the Oregon side alone. There are caves. The west side of the mountains is a rainforest. The east side is desert. I mean, from an, from an adventurer's perspective, you couldn't get any cooler. And so we opened this store. And um, so it was not exactly an outdoor store when we got it. And because of all my experience, I thought, oh, I can make a run at that and be successful. Well, right away, people started coming in and telling us Sasquatch stories and UFO stories and even stranger things than that. And, you know, based on some experiences I've had, I recognize that um, oftentimes there can be some truth behind these stories. And I was really fascinated. So we put up a big sign in the window and said, file your paranormal reports here. And you have Sasquatch sightings, ghost encounters, UFO experiences, you know temporal anomalies, you name it, we wanted to hear about it. And I gave some really specific instructions to the staff. I said, we are going to treat everyone who comes in um, with the utmost respect. And we are going to, you know, listen to their story. We're not going to try to insert what we believe they saw into their story. Um, we're going to ask intelligent follow-up questions. And we're going to be a safe place for people to report their unusual encounters. And to be honest with you, I had no idea what we we're going to do with this information. It just seemed like a really interesting project. Well, holy cow. So it's been a little over a year and a half that we've been doing this. And we have 
easily over 220 reports at this time. And uh, it, like I said, it spans the gamut. Um, tons of UFO stories, lots of Bigfoot stories. Um, and then we have over 70 reports of this enormous black panther creature we call the Clicket Daddy Cat. And to me, that was it's one of the most interesting and fascinating. And, and I think it's one of the things that's a little bit unique to this area. Yeah. Uh, and that's what we went out there to talk to you about. And uh, we're, we're months away from that. I mean, probably at least six months away from that filming. And I still cannot say that name. And I, I'm going to give it another <laughs> shot. Click a tat, ape cat. I, I, I just, you got it. I just nailed it. Uh, it takes me yeah. to, to write it out how it sounds and read it very slowly because I'm like mentally like a fifth grader. So it is what it is. Uh, but yeah. I, I'm, I'm really interested in this. When, when the guys told me about what they talked to you about, I was like, I was, I was even more mad. I was just, I was, I was actually furious, and because I, I missed it. And so, uh, if we could just launch off into this kind of discussion about the Clickitat Ape Cat, uh, and we can talk about other things as well. But um, because one thing for sure, uh, in the email that was sent over to me, the portal idea, I was like, oh yeah, yep, got to talk about that too. <laughs> so, uh, if we could though, start off with the Clickitat Ape Cat because. You know, this was something that I had never heard of before, and it's just very fascinating. The fact that you have so many reports is even even more wild. It's not just a one off. Yeah. yeah. So, just a little bit of background. Um, we're uh, my store is located in Bingen, Washington, which is in Clickitat County, and um, it's named after the Clickitat Indians. Um, and we have a big river that flows off of Mount Adams called the Clickitat River. Um, so that's where the name comes from. But, um, yeah, so this was not long after we had started this paranormal reporting, um, you know, we put up the sign and did everything else and it was close to closing time. And a guy came in the store and, um, his family and Margie, Margie's my mother-in-law were pretty, uh, she had helped him out. She was, a uh, she had a medical background and their family had some issues and she was able to help them out. And so there was a little bit of a family connection with this guy. I'd never met him before. It took him about 45 minutes to work up the courage to tell me his story. Um, and once he finally launched into it, I was just fascinated by what he was saying. So he was orienteering. Uh, that's, you know, uh, practicing with a map and compass out in the wilderness areas. And um, it was about uh, maybe three, four miles from the store. Uh, it's a tributary of the White Salmon River, which also flows off Mount Adams, um, called Buck Creek. And um, he noticed that his compass started acting strange. Now, uh, I want to give a little warning, because uh, they're being very detailed of where this area is. Um, Galvin Nation, if you're listening, don't take your ass out there looking for shit, okay? And if you come up missing, please don't be saying, oh, I heard it on the Gamble, Nate, the Gamble Show, and I found out the exact coordinates started to get my ass out there and get lost and ate up. That's on your monkey ass, okay? This has been your warning. Don't do it. Don't go out there. Hey, if you want to, you can go on YouTube and you can watch this conversation. It's called The Secret Guardian of Hanford. And you can you can watch it from there and your safety of your home. Don't have to take your ass out in the woods and get gobbled up. All right, back to the show. Now that by itself is not entirely uncommon. When you look at the navigation maps of the gorge, there are bright pink letters on them 
uh, and the government says, warning, your compass readings will be off in this area. There's a lot of magnetic anomalies here. So that's an interesting data point. And he continues, and he said, uh, not long after that incident with the compass, he looked up, and across the creek was this enormous, very muscular black cat with a long black tail. And he said that it stood four to five feet tall at the shoulder. So in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, wow, uh, this is a pretty remarkable tale. Of course, we have cougars out here, um, but cougars typically are not going to get much bigger than 24, 26 inches at the shoulder. And uh, cougars are never supposed to be black. Um, you know, when cougar expresses its melanin, it goes from tan to a reddish color. And uh, since this report, we've talked to wildlife experts and they say, yeah, there's no such thing as black cougars. They're just not a thing. Um, they're not recognized by science, at least. Um, so this coloration is a strange piece. The size is a strange piece. Those are two flags telling me we've got something going on here. He continues to describe this animal. Um, and he says, and he watched it for about five minutes and it looked right at him. So here's another anomalous data point. Um, cougars abandon a fresh kill at the sound of human voices. And for a big cat to remain in his presence and not be spooked by him, it's another big clue that we're not dealing with a cougar. He said that the fur was four to five inches long and it stood straight up from its body. Um, okay, so again, not sounding like a cougar to me. And then he finally worked up the courage and said, and, and James, the strangest thing is that it had a face that looked like a monkey. And I was like, whoa, whoa, what does, what does that mean? And, you know, I pressed him for details. He said that it had intelligent ape-like eyes and some other primate features. There's a few of the details of his story that I always keep um, quiet so that I can check other people's stories and see if they're matching up. But basically, um, that was my first ever um, report of this thing we came to call the Clickitat Ape Cat. I was completely fascinated. You know, uh, for me, and this is my own personal assessment, the guy was genuinely reporting an experience that he had had, right? So um, there's a number of ways that you can tell when people are telling tall tales. And, you know, when we started this project, we expected folks to come in and have some fun with us, and, you know, tell some um, uh, more playful tales. Turns out not many people actually do. Most of the people that come in they genuinely have had some kind of unusual experience. Uh, and they're very thankful that we have a place where that's a, where it's a safe place to tell those stories. Um, and so I was just amazed. And I thought, this is really, uh, I had never heard of anything like this before, just like you. And I was excited. And so uh, the next morning I was talking to my staff about it. And um, I was describing the creature and describing the incident. And one of my employees, uh, as she heard the story, started shaking very clearly emotionally impacted by this story. Now, the thing you have to understand about Missy is that she is um, as honest as the day is long. She is the kind of person that even feels guilty about playing practical jokes on her coworkers because that's kind of like lying and she's kind of not into that. Um, and here she was standing before me listening to this story and I could tell that she was having a genuine emotional response to it. I said, Missy, what's going on? She says, oh, my God, James, I've seen that creature myself. Um, it was dawn, and she was driving to work down Clickitat Canyon. So 
like I said, there are two main rivers that flow off the glaciers of Mount Adams. One is the White Salmon River, which is where the first um, encounter was reported, and then Missy's encounter is off the Klickitat River, um, which is on sort of the eastern side of, of the store, about 10 minutes away from where we are. And Once again, don't take your ass out there. I don't care, care how good of details he's telling you exactly where that shit is at. Do not take your ass out there. And uh, she said that she saw this really big black cat with a long black tail walking near the side of the road. Uh, she was so astonished by it that she pulled her car over and watched it. She said that it walked into a small patch of tall grass and then she never saw it again. And she wondered if she should get out of her car and talk to the people who lived in the houses nearby. Now, for the people who just got done listening to the 411, ain't that a good way to get your ass snatched? To say, hey, there's this giant black predator prowling around near your home. And she figured out that they got crazy. And so she she never did that. Uh, she didn't get out of her car and do a little investigation. Didn't didn't find any, any real clues. She told her family about it. And they all kind of laughed nervously. Um, they told her that she had probably seen a cow. Now, <laughs> there's a couple things about that. I mean, first of all, we all have this instinctive reaction when we hear stuff that we've never heard of before to normalize it. Like you, you, life is hard enough. You don't need giant black cats prowling around your neighborhood. And so, um, but this happens a lot with folks um, is that they'll hear a story and they'll make a snap decision. This is what it is. It's something that I know. It's nothing unusual. And that way they can sort of, reset keep the world the way it is for them and and people do that to themselves like they'll have an extraordinary encounter and then they'll talk themselves out of it so messi's family told him that it wasn't a cat it was probably a cow and just on its face like this is a grown woman be like if you were in town and you saw someone drive by in a red lamborghini and uh, you told your friends hey i saw a red lamborghini and they said nah Lamborghinis are pretty rare. What you probably saw is a red minivan. Like, it's, like, it's just ridiculous. Um, so after the response of her family, she decided she wasn't going to tell anyone about it. And so it had been a couple of years and she'd been holding this secret inside of her and she didn't know what to do with this information. And when uh, she heard someone else had had a similar experience, um, it was an enormous like cathartic event for her, right? And so to me, Missy's account is 100% credible. And, you know, uh, other people can have their own opinions about it. But um, in my mind, there's no question that she was being genuine and honest in her report. Unfortunately, she didn't get a look at its face. She didn't, the uh, ape-like uh, face structure wasn't a part of her report. So from that point, I thought, wow, this is a full-on Scooby-Doo mystery. Um, let's see what we can do to, to figure out more about it. And um, so, you know, the store has a radio advertising budget, and the gorge is a pretty rural area. There's maybe, I don't know, half a dozen, six to eight towns here, Seventy to 80,000 people live here. So it's not an enormously densely populated area. And uh, radio is still a pretty effective way to advertise. And so we put up ads on the radio that said, has anyone else seen a giant black cat crawling around Cricutet County? And I put up uh, flyers at the trailheads and asked people to come into the store and file any reports. And since then, we've had over 70 reports. Um, 
And so we've had senior law enforcement officials uh, tell us that they've seen the animal. Um, and lots of credible folks uh, have come in. And um, so the reports go back 30 to 40 years. And uh, so when you look at the lifespan of like a tiger or a cougar, uh, they really max out at 15 years, many times much younger than that. So we're talking about um, something that seems to either have a particularly long life or is reproducing. One report, a gentleman said that he saw it in his driveway and it had a cub with it. So it had a young, new, uh, like a kitten, uh, basically. A black, same black coloration. Um, and so that's leading me to believe that we have a reproducing population of these creatures out here. Um, you know, we've had, uh, so of those 70 or so reports, um, about half of them explicitly describe an enormous size, that four to five feet tall at the shoulder size. Um, so that's bigger than a tiger, which is the largest living cat on the planet right now. Uh, I did a little research. There is only one animal in the fossil record that matches anything near that size. And it uh, is an Ice Age American lion. Uh, scientific name is the Panthera atrox. And these creatures were estimated to be uh, between 1,000 and 1,200 pounds. Um, and interestingly, they had the largest brain capacity of any cat that's ever existed. Um, so... Uh, the fossil record is pretty solid. Uh, 80 specimens were found in the La Brea Tar Pits. Um, they were definitely, Washington State was within their range, but, you know, according to science, they died out, you know, 9,000, 10,000 years ago, uh, sort of at the end of the Younger Dryas time frame. Uh, so that sort of um, was my initiation into this. And, you know, as we're going along, um, so like I said, about half of the reports say that it's got this, enormous size. Everyone says that it's very muscular looking. And then a handful of reports, and it's not more than 10, say that it's got these monkey-like features on the face. And, you know, you have to understand, you know, my process has been, you know, these reports come walking through the door and um, people now stop me in the street or in the grocery store or at the post office and tell me their stories. And I'll get my mind around the fact, well, you know, maybe the monkey thing was just a strange trick of light or some kind of weird, you know, observational issue. And then I'll get another really strong report. I got a report from um, a fire crew chief. So these were folks that were fighting wildland forest fires up between Mount Adams and Mount St. Helens. They said the whole crew saw this thing on the first day of a three-day outing, and they were worried about what they would do if it ever showed up in their camp. And they were very explicit about that monkey-like face. Now, their description was a little more helpful. They said that uh, it had a flattened snout. So, like, if you can imagine the difference between, like, a German shepherd and a pug dog, same kind of animal, but one's face is, just doesn't have that longer snout. And so, in my mind, like, it could be some kind of mutant um, or it could be something else. There's some really interesting explanations where it may come from. You know, we've got some Native American stories there are some possibilities that it has to do with extraterrestrial beings, um, which is a kind of an interesting story. And I think one of the most interesting leads that we have is that it may have escaped from the Hanford nuclear site, which is a 
just upriver from Klickitat County. So this was part of the Manhattan Project. And during the Cold War, they had this enormous animal testing program. And so there's a pretty solid case to be made that it may have escaped from one of their um, experiments. Wow. Wow. So this could be possibly something that was created by man in experimental labs. That's very possible. Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I can kind of launch into that story. Please. Um, I've got my own process on trying to figure out what the heck this thing is. And, you know, we have petroglyphs in the area that indicate that it may have been seen for thousands of years in the area. But um, I learned that, uh, so during World War II, um, the Allies were terrified the Nazis would unlock the secrets of the atom before uh, the Allies did, right? Uh, and so they started the Manhattan Project. Everyone understands that the big thing they were trying to go for was to build the bomb. And so you had the team in Los Alamos, and their job was to design the weapon. But then you had this team up in Washington State, and their job was to build the reactors that would forge the plutonium that would be used in the bombs. And so the U.S. government basically scooped up 600 square miles of land along the Columbia River. And it chose that site because it was fairly desolate. It had hydropower that they needed. Uh, so there's a big dam up there. And it also had the water that they needed to cool uh, the reactors. And so this is a super top secret program. They build this enormous first industrial scale reactor in the world, and they're creating elements that don't exist, right? And so the Nazis are, they're worried about them building the bomb, but the Nazis are also super interested in creating super soldiers and super animals. Um, they had specially trained 200,000 dogs to fight alongside German soldiers during World War II. They had experiments doing telepathy with animals, but they were also very interested in creating super animals. There's a very credible story that they resurrected an extinct Ice Age uh, bull called the Aurochs, and this is a hyper-aggressive, gigantic bull. And they actually, through retrobreeding and a number of other weird Nazi things, they uh, actually recreated this extinct Ice Age creature, and they populated a forest in Poland with it. And so the Allies are looking at that, and they're thinking, geez, we don't know everything about radiation. This is, you know, 1940s, uh, early 1940s. But we do know that it can induce mutations. And if the Nazis get a hold of something like that, we better be prepared for it. So from day one, Hanford has got this animal testing lab. And the guy they choose to run it is a guy from the University of Washington named Dr. Lauren Donaldson. And Donaldson, his only academic claim to fame is that he had created a thing called the Donaldson Super Trout. It's a super animal. Basically, he, through nutrition and retrobreeding and all these other techniques, had created a trout that is eight times larger and stronger than a normal trout. It reaches sexual maturity in half the time. It's super survivable. It can swim in fresh water and salt water. And so these ant, these super trout, these Donaldson super trout are still a viable species. He's the guy that they tapped to run the animal testing lab at Hanford from day one. So we win the war. Um, they produce the plutonium that's in the first ever atomic bomb during the Trinity test and then the bomb that was dropped in Nagasaki. Uh, we roll into the Cold War. Um, they ramp up production. They've got nine nuclear reactors going there simultaneously. And the animal testing lab grows to be able to house a thousand large animals. So this is a, 
I've seen you know, 1960s propaganda films that call it the atomic zoo. On the surface level, they're saying that they're experimenting on livestock to see what happens. Like, can you drink cow's milk after it's been irradiated and stuff like that? Um, and so this is a pretty major part of their system out there. Eventually, Donaldson goes to the South Pacific and he gets involved in things like the Castle Bravo test and the Bikini Atoll and all that weird stuff that gave rise to the you know Godzilla mythology and all that kind of stuff. He stays in contact with Hanford, which is then taken over by a guy named Bill Baer. And so Bill died in 2014, but he left behind some oral histories of his activities running the animal testing lab. And in three different videos, he describes how they were experimenting on apex predators, which eventually escaped and they were unable to recapture. So he tells the story of how they were irradiating alligators. They had between 20 and 30 alligators um, there at Hanford. He even holds up a picture of the device they used to irradiate these creatures, right? And so obviously alligators are not native to North America. There's no, like no one eats alligator meat. You don't need, you don't milk alligators. So what the hell are they doing with alligators um, at this nuclear site? Well, one night, um, six of these experimental apex predators outsmart the scientists and escape from their pens and they get into the Columbia River. So, uh, Gamba Nation, we're going to have to stop it right there. But uh, I want you to think about something right there, what he just said. Six of these alligators outsmarted the scientists. Okay, I'm going to say that again. Six of the gators outsmarted the scientists to get out into the Columbian River. Wow, we got to get back to that. Uh, see you next time when we out here. Uh, remember, uh, don't be nobody crushed because that son of a girl go over the wall. Sex trafficking is real. I think the numbers are doing, um, even went up even more. So watch your children out here. And, um, uh, there's a, a serial killer loose on the Indian renovation. We want watch, watch out for that. And uh, we are. Oh, goddamn! I almost forgot. Uh, donate all um, to Cash App Dollar Sign F H Gamble G A M B L E. We couldn't do it without you. Thank you. <laughs>